Hey friends, before we start the show, I wanted to introduce you guys to EM Media and Video. They are local to Philadelphia. They are great for filming video productions for commercials, and they do audio voiceovers for radio commercials as well, amongst a slew of other helpful promotional production needs. So if you want to reach out to them, call 267-528-7890 to get your quote today. Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like eating a burrito. A bit regretful about 10 minutes in. Today on the show, I wanted to talk about navigating emotions. Um, I still don't have a title <laughs> for what this is going to be, but it's it's essentially about um, holding space for someone and also how to not poke at someone's ego. And uh, at the end of the day, we break down a bit of the drama triangle in relation to connecting with people, but also giving a little bit of space for people to work through what they're working through and how to identify what stage of uh, emotional grief they're in. Maybe that's what that is. I don't know. Cause that sounds deeply psychological and this is not deeply psychological. This is kind of like, um, you know, my personal interpretation as an INTP as well, someone that um, I don't always understand emotions very well. So I've had to cognitively learn how to break down emotions. And this is kind of what that means, you know, so we we talk about um, the commiserating stage, we talk about the question stage, and then we talk about the helpful stage. So we're going to talk maybe it's like three stages of, uh, I don't know, I'll figure it out. (laughs) But either way, I hope you enjoy the episode, we're going to click the button and do the thing here on dopamine. Let's go. All right, everyone, C-Note here. Welcome to the show. Hope you guys are doing okay. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Dopamine. I'm your host, Mr. Christian Rivera, aka C-Note. And uh, for those who don't know me, I am a multimedia designer and creative consultant. I've been doing this for about 18 years as um, someone who's worked in Hollywood. Uh, I've worked for film marketing agencies. I've done all sorts of stuff in that realm. And I've also been someone who has suffered from cyclothymia since I was about 11 years old ish from as far as I can remember, uh, being aware of it. So that is basically the impetus for this show, which is about mental health and creative calibration for entrepreneurs and freelancers. Uh, today in particular, I want to talk about having people listen to you kind of subverting defensiveness and connecting with others and in a lot of ways, how to influence people. Um, I, I'm not sure how, what I'm going to title this episode, but, uh, I, the thing about influencing people is probably the most fascinating to me because you have, 
uh, all these books out there. One in particular that I haven't read yet, but it's on my list of, you know, how to make friends and influence people. Um, I this is all stuff that I'm sharing from my own personal experience, because I'm also an INTP in the Myers Briggs system, and being an INTP comes with it comes with challenges of human connection that I can be very focused on projects and um, particular people that other people in my life can kind of fall to the wayside if I'm very focused on things or, you know, I can sometimes miss uh, emotional cues, especially if I'm saying something inappropriate, I might not be aware that it's inappropriate to the other person unless they were to point blank tell me, right? So I definitely can't read emotional vagueness. <laughs> That's kind of the way that I look at, look at it. I can't really read when someone's in an emotional feeling space. Like I can really, I can more specifically tell from physical cues. So if someone is reacting physically to an emotional response, I can tell, but uh, I definitely can't feel out uh, anything more subtle than that. And, um, it's always been a challenge for me. It's been a challenge for communicating, um, especially because I'm someone that has all sorts of ideas. The process, the way that I speak, the way that I think is a very nonlinear way of thinking. Sometimes that's a challenge with this podcast because I want to consider the fact that not everyone's going to think or you know, accept the way that I speak, but I also don't care that much. <laughs> uh, and that's another problem is not caring as much, you know, for me, at least I'm, I'm a personality type that like, I'm not very concerned with how others look at me all that much. I might have a few people in my life, like, you know, my partner, Molly and, um, a couple people that I'm really close to or see as mentors that I definitely respect their opinion and I care about my reputation as a whole, but in the micro, I don't really care about little judgments all of that much. And sometimes that makes it difficult to have conversations with people that involve really difficult ideas. Because if someone comes to me asking for advice, sometimes Usually I'm the best source of advice when someone has sought out all sorts of advice emotionally from people and they are going emotionally in circles and they need some, you know, cold, hard data and cold, hard facts and logic to get them to the next step. That's usually when I can come in and I'm pretty good at helping someone in that case. Sometimes even therapy doesn't work for some people and you need someone who's going to kind of work with you a little bit more logically to get you through uh, a circumstance, right? And I think that's where I'm best suited. Um, but in that process also, I've had to learn how to get someone closer to that process. And what I mean is like, I can't just expect people to be open and ready and willing to take my cold hard advice and if they don't like it, then they have to just deal with it, right? Like, that's not fair either. Uh, I'm not going to make as many friends that way. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I have to consider is subverting the ego. And the ego is typically responsible for our defensive response. Now, Myers-Briggs has been a huge help for me understanding people's personality types and understanding how they'll respond um, to ego 
sort of uh, attack or how they or what they might be defensive of, you know. So that's been really helpful for me to have conversations with people to really listen and have patience. Because at the end of the day, it's about listening and having patience. But how to listen and how to have patience is a challenge on itself, right? You know, because some people see patience as just sitting there. But if you're just sitting there, it doesn't mean you're listening. It doesn't mean you're giving someone your full attention. And it doesn't mean you have a way to actually help them, right? So listening is is more of an active process than we give credit for, right? Active listening is very much a thing. And I implore you to look that up. Active listening is essentially uh, giving yourself, giving space to the other person so that you let them work through their entire thought and you're responding to them. And sometimes active listening is reiterating what they just said. So that can be a way to sort of diffuse any tension because they're already coming to you in a fragile state if someone's asking for advice uh, in particular. And I think this is going to be like the bulk of what I'm talking about is when someone comes to you for some sort of advice, how do you handle it? And typically that is, you know, by, by having some semblance of patience, but then just reiterating what they said, you know, or reiterating um, a question. If you're unsure about what it is that they need from you, you know, you can ask like, so what I understand is that you're trying to figure this, this, and this out. Or you can ask like, okay, so there was this point about two minutes ago where you mentioned this thing. Can you clarify on that? Like, what does that mean? And, you know, being curious, I think is the number one thing that that is massively helpful in any conversation with someone, especially when you're trying to help them. Or even if someone is trying to come at you with some sort of conflict we're coming at you with the assumption because some people will come to a conflict or come to a situation assuming that there's going to be conflict and will already be uppity because they've sold themselves on a conflict in their head, right? But it's not for you to f- fulfill that prophe- uh, that prophecy, right, <laughs> of, of what it is that they're thinking. You can still be patient, you can still be calm, and you can still wait to hear them out and see what's actually going on, right? Most of the time, like what is happening is more important than how it's happening. Uh, And for me, that's like kind of the way I go about the world. And it's sort of the easiest way for me to understand how to help someone and uh, create that semblance of patience. You know, another way to do that, too, is to kind of let go of right and wrong in the moment and really let go as much as you can of any preconceived notions that you have of morality, of personal judgment of, um, you know, uh, and, and checking your own personal defensiveness as well. Cause there are definitely moments where someone might say something that's going to trigger something in you. And it, while it's not necessarily healthy to ignore it, you can certainly use that as a moment to say like, Oh yeah, that had an effect on me. Like that made me think of this. And like, you know, that kind of helps expand the conversation. Right. So if you're having an argument with your partner, for instance, and they say something that reminds you of a past partner, it can be helpful to say like, you know, oh, that reminds me of something my past partner said. And this made me feel this way. I don't know if that's your intention, but this is how I feel. And I just need you to know that. Right. And I think another thing also is that emotions are typically momentary. You know, and I think we don't give enough credence to that idea that 
emotions in the moment don't necessarily translate to how this person's going to continue to feel, right? And it doesn't mean that if there's, uh, I think there's a difference between long-term emotions and short-term emotions. And that might be a, a, a podcast episode on its own, but, um, you know, really giving people space to feel what they're feeling, regardless of whether or not it makes sense is incredibly powerful. That's been powerful for me to just kind of listen and trace everything back to, you know, what it is that they're talking about. You know, for me, I also like to listen to someone's story because if I just hear what they're feeling on the surface, then I can't really get to the core of what might be going on with them that, you know, some people might have something that is worthy of therapy that drills them down into this situation where they are dealing with childhood trauma or they're dealing with uh, relationship trauma or repeated PTSD, which is called complex PTSD and having to deal with, you know, all of those issues. There's a lot there and that can really make someone, um, defensive if you're not prepared to listen to the entire experience and you're just reacting to the surface emotions. All right. So, you know, at its core, emotions are really tricky thing to navigate regardless of your personality type. I think I'm mostly speaking to people that are like me. And I think if you're relating to this in any kind of way, then you're probably like me in some sort of personality type sort of fashion. (laughs) Um, and if so, um, you know, I recommend you go check out the cosmic calibration course at bit.ly slash cosmic INTP, all lowercase. Uh, that's a way to get more, podcast style sessions like this, uh, specifically tailored to tailored, tailored to INTPs to help them sort of navigate this tricky world, you know, because man, dealing with defensive behavior is, um, it's a challenge because there are parts too, where like you have to recognize when someone is so deep into their emotional system that, they need a therapist to work through these issues, right? Like you're the average person is not going to be qualified to be able to sit and listen to someone and give them the proper guidance and attention. Right. Uh, I think there's a difference between there's, there's really like kind of three tiers of advice that I kind of think of. And the first one being more commiserate advice, meaning that sometimes someone just wants to complain And, and sometimes that's not a problem, you know, like sometimes someone just wants to be heard and feel like they're not alone. So, you know, when you're in a situation and someone is just like going through something and particularly when something's happened to them, when they don't necessarily have control over what happened, you know, having a sense of sympathy or having a sense of like, you know, camaraderie with them is helpful to feel like, so that they can feel like they are just being heard and they're being seen 
right? And it's just like, I experienced this and, you know, maybe you can just kind of trade war stories back and forth. You know, sometimes that kind of commiserating is helpful for someone to just kind of get it out of their system. You know, it's not about you trying to fix them, which I think is a problem that I have. My default is to try to fix someone's problem. And, um, you know, it can be really tricky to recognize when someone just wants to commiserate. And sometimes if you're not sure, you can even ask them. You could just say, like, do you want me to try to come up with a solution? Do you want me to try to help you here? Or do you just need to talk a little bit? Do you need to vent? Um, you know, and I think I think that's the easiest for anyone to understand is that venting is something that we do, you know, pretty naturally from a young age that we're just like, we complain about our boss, we complain about our parents, we complain about our kids, we complain about everything that's going on. And I think there's a lot of negativity around complaining as it's something that is, you know, unhelpful. But I think it's in the early stages of something that has happened to someone, complaining is a good way to process. It's a good way to get it out there and to share it with another person so that you can, you know, bounce it off of them. Maybe they can notice something that you didn't, or, you know, it opens a connection point for you to be able to hear someone else's story and maybe you can connect it to your story and you can figure out what to do based on that. Right. So again, complaining gets kind of a bad rap for that, but at the same time, Complaining can also go into a, uh, a natural negative space, right? Because complaining can sometimes feel good. Sometimes that stress can feel really good. And to live within that stress is not, you know, you're not evolving your growth from that conflict, from that idea, right? So, you know, commiserating has to evolve into getting some sort of advice, or, you know, taking, evolving your emotion into a logical action step, because at some point you have to figure out what to do next. You can't just spin your wheels all the time. You can't just keep going to people. You can't keep bouncing from person to person, hoping that someone is going to commiserate with you every single time and keep you in this perpetual state of helplessness, because sometimes that's, that leads into a victim mentality, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, this kind of also aligns with the drama triangle. If you've never heard of that, there's an episode I did on that. Um, but the drama triangle essentially is the victim, the challenger and the hero and, um, or the, the villain, I should say, not the challenger. There's a, another triangle called the empowerment dynamic, which is another version of that. That is sort of the, the positive version of that. I forget the three characters for that, but, um, essentially the drama triangle, you know, by commiserating, you're with people who are also suffering with something similar to you. You're not practicing a sense of courage. You know, you're practicing victimhood. And while again, it's like, I think it's pretty good early on to get that out there and to let other people get that out there. There's a point in the conversation or there's a point, um, amidst a bunch of conversations that you're having where you yourself or you as the person who's listening to them might need to challenge them or you might need to challenge yourself in asking, okay, are you commiserating so you can not be challenged or are you commiserating because you're still in the early stages of figuring this out? Right. 
It's like if somebody's been in a conflict for years with people, with someone with where they keep having the same type of conflict with people and you've seen that pattern. I don't think it's my responsibility to continue to be an enabler of that behavior, right? I think that is where my strength comes in, where I can actually scrutinize and say like, you know, or or not scrutinize in a direct harmful way, but to ask questions. And I think asking questions is a good way to challenge someone. I think if you're going to help them uh, evolve and grow as a person, challenging them is something that gives them some new information, something new to consider and think about, but it's in a way that's not forceful because you can't force anyone to change anything. That's just a number one rule of life. You just can't do that. You can't make someone believe your logic or believe the path that they're supposed to take. The brain has to be ready for it. You know, there's, there's a node in the brain's system essentially that is going to get someone from A to B to C to D, right? And because you can see the difference between A and D because you're zoomed out on the situation, they're in it. It's like, it's like being in a helicopter versus being in the woods, right? Like someone who's in the problem is in the woods and they can't see the finish line. They can't see their way out. Meanwhile, you're in the helicopter and you're like, there's the exit dummy, <laughs> you know, like that's not helpful to say that to them because then they're like, well, I can't see the exit. Can you just like ask me questions or guide me instead of trying to, you know, force me to find the exit when I don't know where it is. Right. It's just, you know, that's, that's how that works. You can't force someone to do that sort of thing, you know? So it's, um, you know, that's, that's one of the challenges of working with someone when they're in emotional in an emotional state and dealing with some sort of, uh, ego issue. And, um, you know, having an influence on someone is about having that sense of patience. It's about, having a patience to hold space for them, but then to ask questions that are going to help them uh, move forward. And and that takes a sense of bravery, I think. I think that takes bravery in the relationship. Um, I think that takes bravery in from the person who is needing help to accept that bravery, uh, that, that call to bravery, as it were. And, um, you know, and, and really kind of the, the final way to look at how to uh, connect with someone is to help people and really helping people by, by actively doing something for them. And again, this is different from the drama triangle in that you're not enabling or you're not codependently doing stuff for them, but you are listening to what their needs are and offering like short-term assistance or, offering a boost, right? It's very different for you to offer someone a boost up a tree so that they can get an apple versus getting the apple for them, right? And if you get the apple for them, they're going to expect you to do that every time. But if you, you know, you teach someone to climb a tree, they can do it themselves, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I think having patience for where someone's at and recognizing you know, kind of where they are in this linear struggle, as it were, if you understand that they're at a point where they maybe need a boost, they just need a little bit something from you, then that's a relationship builder. That's an ability to see what someone needs and give it to them. 
I don't mean as a freelancer or an entrepreneur to charge them for it. (laughs) I mean, like, this is your opportunity to connect with someone, especially in any of these, when you're working with a stranger, you know, I would say that the first one is very dangerous when you're commiserating with a client about other client situations that you can get into a place where you're just kind of talking crap and, you know, that can jive into a toxic relationship or this person could be breeding toxic relationships and that could be something you need to look out for. Whereas with the, the, the second one and challenging people, you can ask questions that can help them evolve and grow as a person um, get them interested in the idea and maybe figure out that you're the solution as a freelancer or entrepreneur, or as someone that is, um, you know, maybe you're trying to to date this person and they're so confused and you just ask them questions and maybe they see you as the person or they can figure out what they need, uh, and whatever the case is. Right. And, um, you know, this last one is essentially like doing the work to help them. So like, you know, if you want a client, for example, being able to give them, you know, a free logo or give them a free design or give them uh, some free copywriting or give them an, a free half hour session or something, some way that you can actually genuinely move them from B to C or C to D. And they can see like, oh, this person is really, you know, valuable. It's like being in that helicopter and dropping a compass, Right. It's like being able to give them that roadmap so that they can figure out which direction to go in because otherwise they might be lost on their own. And it's really about giving them the tools and the guidance to be able to work their way out. It's not about lifting them up into the helicopter. It's about navigating them through the woods so that they can have the life experience. They can have the things that they need to go to and you're not trying to shortcut them through anything. So I find that if we can kind of encompass all of this, as I wrap up into a main idea is that the brain can't take shortcuts and you can't force someone to take a shortcut. And if you're trying to force someone to take a shortcut, that is when defensive behavior comes out as when someone gets upset at you, they will feel like they are being um, attacked in some sort of way. And they are just not ready for you to give them that kind of advice, right? And so if you're the type of person like me that has a struggle with giving someone advice, just try to do something and then take note of it. If someone gets defensive, take note of that. Like, okay, I said this, that poked at something. And then you can go back and ask them, like, you know, what I what I said, what did, what did that mean to you? And start asking questions, right? So you can kind of also try to gauge where someone is on this sort of spectrum that I'm talking about of like commiserating of um, needing questions to be asked or if they need some help, right? Those are, I think those are the three big things that you can consider when you're having to listen to someone or hold emotions for someone or, um, or you're trying to connect with someone for uh, on some sort of, uh, freelance level. Cause like, you know, sometimes you get clients that are coming to you and they're just, they've had bad experience after bad experience and you want to be the person that can fix that for them. Right. So, you know, that might end up being, they might come to you being in one of these stages and you need to guide them the rest of the way. Right. And at any point, if someone is stuck at this stage, then, you know, you might not be the solution for them. 
right? They might need to talk to someone else. They might need to go back into the commiserate stage and find someone who commiserates in a way that helps them understand what is actually going on and gets them to the next level, to the next stage of, you know, trying to understand through questioning and challenging themselves or being challenged to be able to evolve from that pattern, from this idea and move forward. Right. So a lot of this kind of falls into the conflict ladder, which is a concept that I'm working on that I'm going to be writing a book on as well. But, um, I think essentially if you're trying to, uh, connect with someone and trying to avoid, uh, creating some sort of, uh, emotional reaction, it's just trying to not take their brain on a shortcut to where your brain is at. That's the thing. So with that, that's, uh, I mean, that's a pretty big, (laughs) I think that's a pretty big thing. I think that's been pretty big for me. So I really love, um, I love knowing that I think it allows me to have patience with my partner. It allows me to have patience with my parents. It allows me to have patience with my clients and really understand uh, what they need from me. And if what they need is something I can actually offer. And if I can't offer it in the same way that if someone comes to me asking for a website or something and I don't do websites, I can defer that to someone else and I can give them a direction to go in and not just be kind of useless or try to give them a shortcut. Cause like if someone came to me and said like, Hey, you need a website or I need a website or, and, and I said like, no, really, you just, you need an app. You actually need an app. And they'll be like, what do you mean? I need an app. I, that's not what I'm asking for. Right. Like that would be upset. <laughs> um, or the same way if you go to a client and you tell them like your website is crap you need an app instead. Like, nope, that doesn't work either, right? You're trying to give someone a shortcut to something that they're not ready mentally to accept or to want, right? So I think this works in personal relationships and it's something to consider when you're doing any kind of freelance work to make sure that you're not trying to push someone somewhere that they're not ready to go. Okay. Cool. So we're going to wrap that up. Um, I would appreciate if you guys, if you're an INTP listening and this really resonated with you, I would love if you go to bit.ly slash cosmic INTP, all lowercase, that'll take you to my course page where you can check out. There's a first segment that's free. It's a 45 minute segment. And then all the other segments are going to be pretty much just as long. Um, it's a podcast kind of session situation and they're going to be 15 sessions uh helping intps to sort of unlock their personal sense of spirituality uh their ability to be a little bit more humble to ask questions to understand emotions to and more segments like this where i'm sort of breaking down frameworks for you to understand how to connect with people how to influence people how to navigate romantic situations uh long-term relationships like all sorts of things so there's, there's a lot, and I'm going to keep adding to the course over time. So bit.ly slash cosmic INTP, uh, all lowercase. And I think that's it. So, I mean, that was a lot to talk about. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think it was, I don't know, I think it worked out. I, I kind of woke up this morning not having an idea of what I wanted to talk about, and this worked. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to leave me any notes or uh, thoughts, hit me up at Let's Go See Note on all those social channels. And uh, that's it. So take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. 
Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later. Just a reminder for you guys to go check out EM Media and Video by calling 267-528-7890. They are a way for you to do cheap commercial production uh, for video and for audio. They do voiceovers and can help you get into the market. So they primarily work in Philadelphia, but they can help you anywhere across the country. So again, 267-528-7890 to get your quote today. See you guys.